Welcome to another episode of Little Big League. My name is George. I'm my name is And boy, did we have a great week in the XFL. Yes, there were a lot of upsets and cross calls. Then I still having a heart attack. And oh man, I was having a heart attack just watching all the all those games. But anyway, guys, let's get straight into the first game. The first game we had on Saturday, LA Wildcats versus New York Guardians. Both teams came in with a one and two record, but we know that we expected one team to probably dominate this game. That was LA. And showboy, they disappoint. That was the game I was looking for, besides the Dallas one, but I was so disappointed. I, I honestly, after last week's performance where they dominated Cardell Jones and the um, defenders, mm-hmm. I was expecting them to come into this game ready, prepared, ready to blow out or New York Guardians. That did not happen. I mean, they started off rough on a rough patch. They were they started off zero and two before they finally got on track with the DC defenders, but they were improving each week. And then just to all of a sudden come into this game and just kind of go flat. I mean. I, that was just unexpected. They started off great on their first drive, but after that, they just kind of didn't show up for the rest of the game. Even during the game, they make good catches and good run. But what I think they hurt and it was they need to change that um, field kicker, field goal kicker. They need to repress him. Not just that. I mean, they had a lot of drop pass. I think on both teams they had a lot of drop passes. Yeah, but it's understandable for the New Jersey Guardians because they were like, okay, they can. The only win they had was the first game. That's it. It was against the Vipers, which, um, well. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But before that, the Vipers were 0-3. They hadn't beat anyone. Mm -hmm. So you kind of didn't really expect the Wildcats to, I mean, you didn't expect the Guardians to beat beat the Wildcats pretty much. Um, And then above that, New York, they were going through about three different quarterbacks, I believe. They played... Two different quarterbacks the first two weeks, and then Perez. I know he got some playing time the um, last week. Before this week, they finally started him, and boy, did he actually perform really pretty well. Yeah, I like the fact that you can just repress the players that is not um, playing good. I like that because he give, keep everybody on the toes. I had to perform to this standard in order for continue to play. I think that is a good thing. To have. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I I know that a lot of us like to have our quarterback, but, I mean, the quarterback position, only one player gets it. If they're having a bad game, more than likely they're still going to stay in, and I prefer, like, no, he's having a bad game. Let's just put the next guy in and see if he actually performs better. There are going to be times your quarterback doesn't show up. You just got to have one of them ready to go. Hopefully one of them will be ready to go that week. Yeah, you know how I feel about starters. They should not have that title. Yeah. They should have earned that title. Each week you got to earn your title. Yes. So Perez, he was impressive for his first mm-hmm. game. The defense was also pretty impressive. They had a couple sacks. They had an interception and a fumble, a forced fumble. So the defense also showed up to play. You got to give them credit. They were a big reason also why they were able to hold the Wildcats, considering they scored, was it like 39 points the week before? Mm-hmm. So, good for New York showing up. They just need to relax on not getting stupid penalties. Yes, I agree. They they play too aggressive. I understand it's football, but still, that could cost you the game. I'm not sure, like, too aggressive, but it's more like just stupid mental mistakes. Like, one of the players threw a flag back at the ref after he the ref threw a flag, 
you don't need to do that. Just let the flag go. Just let it go. You commit a foul. You don't need to make it worse. The crucial play that happened it was the interception by Jamar Summers and play 21. That was a good interception. He read the call and grabbed the ball. It was a good catch, no doubt about it. Now he just needs to show his wide receivers how to actually catch the damn ball too. Yeah, that was a butterfinger play, you know, play number one. Yeah, he was wide open. He dropped the ball. You cannot do that. He could easily score that. This time. game could have easily been 24-14. I am going off based off the old touchdown. But um, Usually most teams go for what, two points now? Yes, the but majority. This, he could have at least had this. The score could have at least been 23-14. No doubt about it. Um McCall McKay, he ended up dropping one pass that was, he was literally wide open. There was no one there to tackle him. All he had to do was just run into the end zone, but he dropped that pass. Yeah. Luckily for him, it didn't affect um, the outcome of the game. They yeah. still won, but still, that's a pass you got to catch. Especially when you're wide open, you have to make that catch. Yeah, yes. All right. For our last game of Saturday, we had... Seattle Dragons versus San Luis and Butterhawk. Seattle Dragons, they were coming in, coming in with a 1-2 and two record. St. Louis, they were coming in with a 2-1 and one record. Their only loss to the only undefeated team in the league, uh, the Houston Roughnecks. Yeah, um, it was a good game, this one. It was very interactive. The Battlehawk came from a big win versus the Guardians, and the um, Dragons came from a loss versus the Dallas Renegade. I do have to say, I am very impressed with their fans, though. That fan base, out freaking standing. I've never seen a fan base show up just for like a, really for a team that's just brand new. I've never seen like that many fans show up to to see one team play that they really don't really have a good connection with right away. Yeah, uh, in previous week, you saw them dress out like a, with wings and all that stuff, and this it, the fans were showing up like if the, um the see like the Battlehawks were already an established team. Yeah, like you would think that this team has been around for years, but no, this team's only been around for a couple of weeks, and these fans were just going crazy. Yeah, they have the best fans, in my opinion, in the entire league. Um, I also think it's a good fit. I mean, you look at the the players that are there and the city itself. The players there are a lot of rejected talent from the NFL or former NFL players or players that didn't even get a chance to go to the NFL. And the city of St. Louis, they've been rejected by the NFL. The owner, he ended up moving his team out of St. Louis to go back to um, Los Angeles. So this team and this city, I think they go together. They're They're pretty much both been rejected by the NFL. And I think that's why they're meant for each other. Moving on to the game, um, the Battlehawk got caught twice of 12 men on the field. Can you believe that? Again, that's simple mistakes you cannot make. These are simple mistakes. You have to be fundamental about this. You cannot make those mistakes. They can cost you the game. Of course, they didn't cost them the game, but still, you can't make mistakes like that. Yeah, especially when you have a short time to get settled. And also, in this game was another fight. Players need to control their tempo to get into the game. I know they tried to play about football, but still. Again, you can't have stupid fights like that. You gotta settle down. If someone gets you angry, it's just better to leave the situation. Let them get a penalty instead of you. You don't want to damage the chances of 
uh, having the game uh, being lost because of something you did. That's just a terrible feeling. I know that feeling. It's terrible. Before we get to Seattle, we want to say to Mohammed, hopefully you get spirit recovery and see on the field soon. Now into Seattle. It's funny how one little prayer can make a huge difference on the game. They changed the quarterback. They started from Brandon Silvers to uh, B.J. Daniels, and it was a 180-degree game. Like like we talked about earlier, I like the fact that there's no starters here or there's not a specific starter yet because at any moment, one of your players cannot show up. And in this case, one of the quarterbacks did not show up. B.J. Daniels. The moment he came in, his stats were about the same as Silver's. The only difference is he made better decisions. He made better decisions, and he made, uh, I think, an extra completion than he did, but that led to a touchdown. Um, you need to have players like that that are ready to go. He almost got the comeback. I mean, starting the game, I think um, St. Louis, they were winning. They were dominated. Yeah, they were pretty much dominating the game. And the final score of this game was 16-23. That's not what you would expect from a quarterback who went 5-10 and 10 and the other one who went 4-10 uh, of 10 in completions. But you have to think about it. When he got in, the players already tired. Most of them were kind of tired. And to come in with those stacks, that's impressive. He made good calls. He, they almost came back. I would not be shocked if they had won it that game. Not only that, I think he actually had a good... Good game running the ball. Yeah, on the ground, I think he ran almost close for 100 yards. I think he he got like 80. But either way, he was moving the ball with his feet. He was not having that much success on the air, but he still had better success than Silvers did. Yes, I agree. So overall, th- they should keep Daniel first. They should start him first. At least until he starts messing up. He yeah. has to show up every week. Like yep. I said, in this league, I like that you have to show up every week or you will not get to keep your spot, at least for most teams. Yes. On Seattle's side, we had a butterfinger play where the player um, Santos Ramirez had an intercession, but he let it go. He couldn't hold into the ball. You had to make those catches. Now, moving on to the game of the week. We had the Texas Throwdown. Could have used a better name. In the yeah, game. like the Long Star. I don't know. I just didn't like... I mean, I get where they're coming from, the Texas Throwdown, but... Uh, but it would be nice if it would be Long Star Throwdown. Long Star Throwdown. I don't know. Just something better, better like the, I don't know, Battle of Texas or something like that. I don't know. Just something different. Something unique. I don't I don't think Throwdown is, is as unique as it could be. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But on to the Texas Throwdown. Dallas started off slow. Oh, uh, they started awful, man. Oh, talk about awful. First three drives, interceptions. It was like uh, the quarterback was Oprah giving interception away. F- like, a like you get an interception. You, you get, get an interception. interception. Everybody gets an interception. Like, oh, my God. He's- Landry Jones, come on. I know you've been out of it for a while. I get it. But you, you should not be doing that many interceptions. Is Jones and the Dallas and quarterback or the Houston quarterback? Because with that many interceptions, I could swear that he was playing for Houston. Yeah, no kidding. I'm pretty sure he, I'm pretty sure that first quarter he targeted more um, Houston defensive backs than he did his actual receivers. Yeah, they were allowing miscommunication on the field like led to those uh, interceptions. They need to get the out together. Eventually, though, he did get his act together in the second quarter. That's when things finally started kicking. I do also want to mention 
Dallas defense kept them in this game. Luckily, like that, that got me hope for the Dallas winning the game. Um, those first two, after he threw those first two interceptions, I think that led to six points. Mm-hmm. Um, that could have easily been two touchdowns. This game could have easily been in the 30s or 40s for Houston. Yeah, and when they scored the first touchdown, you see the extra point, the three-pointers? They were walking they were, on the field. Oh like, there was, I, I thought literally Dallas had no defense in that one play. One of the plays on after they scored the first uh, touchdown, I think that was in the second quarter, the Roughnecks decided to go for a three-point uh, play uh, once they scored the touchdown. They made that look so easy. It wasn't even a pass play. It was a... A walking in park. Pretty much. It was basically a walk. Two missed tackles uh, to be able to tackle the quarterback down, but he was able to get that ball in just by running it. Yeah, what a shame. Now, I do want to say that even though Landry did throw three interceptions, I will give it to him that one of them was not his fault. Yes, he threw it into a tight window, but that ball deflected off the receiver and then landed into the hands of one of the cornerbacks. Yeah, I can see that, but still, you need to be a little bit more accurate on the throw. I don't know how much more accurate he could have been. That literally landed in his hands, and Mm -hmm. the ball just popped right up, and it just went straight to one of the Houston defenders. Now, in the second quarter and the third, Dallas was able to fight back into it. They did a pretty good job defensively again of holding Houston, but still, the offense was kind of struggling, but they were still managing to get back in it. Into the fourth quarter, this is kind of where things got interesting and also sad for Landry Jones. Landry ended up getting his th- um, his fourth turnover. He got sacked. This is when Dallas actually had the opportunity to take the lead. I think at this point they were 21-20. That was the score at the moment. So they could have easily taken the lead. But with that strip sack, one of the defensive tackles from Houston ended up returning the ball for a touchdown. And that led to the final score, which was 27-20. In the fourth quarter was also when Jones ended up getting injured. Um, I really hope Jones is okay. He's a really good quarterback. Yes, he makes he made a lot of mistakes this game. Yes, he's. I think at the moment he's the leading he's the one who has committed the most turnovers in the league i think at the moment but still you don't wish for something like that to happen to a player yes uh, we hope that he gets speed recovery so he can be back in the field after he got injured the backup quarterback nelson got into it so he was making pretty solid plays but the last play is when he was crossing the red zone and threw the ball to one of his uh, wide receiver and then the wide receiver couldn't hold to the ball, fumbled it, and the roughneck got it. But it, it all happened in the air. That happened so fast, I didn't even see it. Same. Like, just the way the interception was caught, I mean, it was a quick bang-bang play. Like, you had to have a really good reaction mm. for that. Yes. Like, even me looking at it in slow motion, I even I told myself, there's no way even I could have caught that. That was just an impressive interception. Yes. But... I- Sadly, it happened in, like, where they were, like, on the two-yard line. Yes. Here's um, my question. Why were they passing on the two-yard line? Right uh, when you're about, when when you could just run it in. I was thinking they were, they were going to run it, but I don't know where I see a pass. That's and it wasn't just a regular pass. It was a screenplay. Why are you running a screenplay? Yes. You're like, oh, my God. At the two-yard line? Like, really? I know. What a shame. I was so disappointed in that play. 
in my opinion, this was this was the game Dallas should have had. They should have easily beaten Houston, but they gave the game away. Yeah, they make silly interception. The last break killed us, and basically it was game over after that break. Now the fun part is we're going to have a round two at the end of the 10 weeks. They play I, again. I know. Hopefully we get a rematch and we win. In Houston. I really so hope so. So let's see what happens. Now time for our last game, the upset of the week. I don't care if you are a diehard Vipers fan or if you were going for the Vipers hoping to get their first win. I'm pretty sure no one expected the score. Not even Las Vegas expected that score. I mean, I'm sorry, but that was just a complete shutout and an absolute embarrassment for DC defenders. It's basically the star lines up and the planning lines up just to help the Vipers. That game, oh man. Like, there was a lot of plays that it would, it should be, be a turnover, but somehow they make a positive yards. Can you believe it? Huh. This game was just, the, it was the upset of the season yeah. so far. Yeah, I agree, but hands like down. Said, you could have expected Tampa Bay to easily win. I mean, not to easily win, but to maybe win a close match, whether it was like 17-14, 14-7, whatever. Yeah, at least by a field goal or yeah. a possession. But you didn't expect the final score, especially against D.C., to be 25-0. You I just did not expect that. I think D.C., after the loss in um, L.A., is going downhill. It's like it took something out of them. Like, since, I think, after Cardell Jones started last week for D.C., they just kind of went downhill. I mean, I know he started the weeks before, but... He hasn't recovered from last week. It's like he's still hanged over from that week. Yes, much. I think so. So he needs to get over it, get his mind straight. Hopefully, hopefully, they can get a win. Uh, Taylor Cornelius, he's been struggling all all year for, well, all three games for the Vipers. This was by far his best game of the year. Yeah, I just have one question. Where yeah. this Tampa Bay team were at? In the previous week. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. I like mean, when I say this was his best game, I mean he went 24 of 31. Completed 77% of his passes. 211 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But overall, it was just a great game. Yeah. I hope they keep this um, team on because it shows the difference. How one player can make a huge impact on the team. Basically, I don't know what to say. This game was basically watching... JB playing college football, basically. I mean, not just that. I mean, Davion Smith and I hope I'm saying his name right, Jaquez Patrick, they both had like a field day running the ball. Both had over 100 yards rushing. This was the first in the XFL. Um, So along with Taylor Cornelius, they had about, I'm pretty sure close to 200, 250 plus yards rushing Mm -hmm. the ball. Yeah. Because even Taylor Cornelius, I think he ran the ball for four times for 36 yards. And he got a touchdown, too. Yeah, it was a good game to watch. Like, I was so confused, like, what was going on. But overall, it was a good upset. And when we mean nothing was going right for D.C., we mean nothing. I mean, they even had a block kick. I mean, yeah, and Brad that's goal. how you know everything was just going wrong for them. Yep. Above that, I, w- I would like to say that Something about Cardell Jones, he needs to be a better leader. College is over. Yeah, you had you played I think twelve games in college, but 
just because you played and won the national championship did not make you a leader. Right now that you're the leader of DC Defenders, I don't know if anyone else also heard this, but during one of the segments where you get to hear the conversation between the players, he was talking about how one of his wide receivers needs to be benched. That's not what you say to one of your receivers. Yeah, what? you should encourage them. Trying, Okay, you're making a mistake. Learn from it. Let's go. Let's move forward from there. You just don't talk down to your, to be- your teammates. He, you weren't. He wasn't the only one having a bad game, too. You were also having a bad game. I mean, you went for 9 for 22. Mm-hmm. That That's terrible. Yeah, at the end of the day, a loss is a loss regardless who made the mistake. Is you, that's that's the time we got to get your guys together, regroup, and say, okay, guys, we had a terrible game. Let's go watch film. We, need, we cannot have this again. Mm-hmm. We need to be better on the field. Yes. You don't go and bash your players. You don't go and bash your teammates like that. You handle that business inside the locker room. If you have personal business, you handle it one-on-one, not in front of national TV where everyone can hear. Yes. And that's the good thing about this audio feature that they have. We can see in the minds of the players. We can actually listen to it. And I have one question for you. Yeah. Do you think the season is done for DC? Oh, boy. After this? I have to see what happens in the next game. Because if they cannot recover... From this, if they cannot get together, if they cannot come together after what happened, what was said, then yeah, I think the season is over. But I need to see what happens next week to kind of make a decision on that. Because next week we're going to have a draft rough team. Ask me again next week. Okay. About that. Ask me again next week and I'll give you a better answer. But uh-huh. for now, everyone is still in it. There's no one I'm not crossing out yet. Uh-huh. Yet. All right. Now we want to start something new here. So me and Raul, we're going to go head-to-head and see who has the better record at the end of the season, starting from week five on. So, next week, four games. First up, we got Seattle Dragons at Houston Roughnecks. Who do you have? Oh, this is tough because the Dragons come from the close loss and Houston comes with a close victory. So, Mm -hmm. just a little bit tweaking around. It could be an interesting game. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be an interesting game. I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout. It's going to be at least within 14 points. Yeah, I think it's going to be one possession yeah, game. Maybe 14, one possession, but I don't think it's going to be a 14-plus point difference. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say this. I know you're going to disagree with me. I think Houston is going to take it. Oh, boy. Do I want to go for an upset here? Because the way Seattle was playing at the end... I mean, they show signs that they they could carry it over to this week. But you know what? I'm going to actually agree with you on this one. I think Houston. I don't oh, okay. think Seattle will carry it on to this week. Okay. So for this week, we got Houston. Next up, we got New York Guard. Yeah, the New York Guardians and the Dallas Renegades. I had to go for the home team. Oh, same here. Dallas Renegades. Yeah. They just need to fix the mistake they did in offense this week. They just need to fix it, get their head together, trying to learn how to work as a team, communicate better. And probably they will have easy can take in Guardians. I'm pretty sure Dallas could hang with it. I mean, we got a chance to see how the backup quarterback was doing. I mean, we know it was only for about two, three minutes, but well, from what I saw, he can do well. He got potential. He can play. He can play. Um, New York Guardians, I think they're going to... They're going to stumble after last week's win. So they're going to go down, and Dallas Renegades will easily take this win. Maybe not easily, 
but I think two possession at the most. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a close game as well. Mm-hmm. The week uh, for Sunday, Seattle Battlehawks. Sorry, St. Louis Battlehawks against the DC Defenders. This is a great test. After losing twice, DC need to get this act together. But I had to give it to the Battlehawks. Yeah, Battlehawks. Battlehawks right now look more of the com- like a complete team. Um, Houston is the better team. But St. Louis also looks like a complete team as well. Their only loss was to the Houston Roughnecks. I'm giving it to you, Battlehawks, easily. Here. Yeah, easily, because they they have shown a lot of potential. I do. I am interested in seeing if DC defenders can play better, though. I'm not expecting them to win, but I want to know if there's going to be improvements from what happened the previous two weeks. And then for the last game... It's going to be interesting, actually. Uh, this one, we Tampa might... Tampa Bay Viper versus... We might Wildcats. disagree on this one, yeah. Uh, how oh, the both team plays is interesting because if one Tampa Bay play like they did uh, versus DC, it's gonna, it, they can blow them out. If the Wildcats play like they play versus DC... It could be an interesting game. This could potentially turn into a shootout. It has the potential. L- considering both teams blew out DC, this has the potential for a shootout. And like I said, it looks like the Vipers finally got things clicking in the fourth game. Better late than ever, but they finally got things clicking. So I don't oh, know, man. man. This is this is a the tough one. You know what? What I seen from the Vipers. I'll go for Vipers. Oh, okay. We're on the same page, and I was going to go for Vipers as well. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be, like, two possession. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I do think it has the potential for a shootout. LA Wildcats, uh, well, they might rebound, but they won't get the win. No. They will not get the win. And they, they still need a lot of stuff to be working, especially the kicker. Oh, they yeah. need to get a better field goal kicker. They need a better... They definitely need a... The kicker himself needs to improve or they need to get a new kicker. Mm. You can't miss... Easy, easy field easy goals. Easy field goals like that. You have to make those field goals to give your team the win. He makes those field goals. L.A. wins. But because he didn't make those, the Guardians yeah. took it. Yeah. Which uh, one is the game you are most excited about watching? Uh, to tell you the truth... Viper versus Honestly, that's LA. actually it too. That's the one that I'm interested in watching more than the others. And the or, the second best is going to be Battlehawk versus Defenders. Because I wanted to see how the Defenders are going to act. If what? they're going to get their stuff together, or that's going to be game over for them. Okay. I know we both agreed on all the four teams. So this one we're either going to go for or not, we're going to have the same record. But if you had to choose, then one team might get upset. Which team will it be? Oh no, this is hard. Um, probably the Dragons and the Roughnecks. I'm going with that one too. Ah, come on, man! <laughs> you cannot be picking my choice. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Man. I'm going to go for for it because from all the teams, the only team that show uh, improvement is the Dragons. You know what? I'll switch it this time. New York versus Dallas versus the home team. The reason why, I mean, yes, we did see him play, uh, the backup quarterback play. Yes, he has potential. But even 
just going to the next week and now him starting that game, it's going to be different. We don't know how he will actually play. He, yes, he played good the last couple of minutes, but will he carry that over to this week now that he's the full starter? I think so. I, I think he got potential. What we see, he got the energy. He got the coordination. He just made one mistake at a crucial time that got yeah. the loss. But I think he will be it will be an interesting game plus, to watch. Plus, New York Guardians uh, quarterback Perez, he did play pretty well. He got settled in finally. That's what kind of helped him lead the Guardians over the Wildcats. Y- yes. So that will be my upset if I had to choose. But for uh, now, nah. at least this upcoming week, me and Raul will we're both on the same page. So we're going to go 4-0, 3-1, whatever our record is, it will be the same. We hope you guys enjoyed the second episode of Little Big League, and we hope to see you guys here again next week for episode 3.